Bullet Cast for life. Hello ladies and gentlemen, you know the name, you know the voice, you know exactly why I'm here. Just in case if you don't, I'm a 24-year-old piece of gold, the messiah of the microphone and the greatest sports recreational podcast in the world today. And yes, I am the Bullet Cast champion, just like Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Roddy Strong, and Adam Cole Baby. This title reign is hashtag forever undisputed. For life, brother. Feels good being le champion of the BC once again. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, the Jimmy to my J, the Tully to my R, and the Stevie Ray to my Booker T. He's the host and creator of the award-winning Under the Radar, host and creator of Curveballs and Chair Shots, BT, the Canadian Destroyer, Brandon Tanguma. BT, how you doing today, man? You know, Philip, I'm doing just fine. A little tired, but we're going to push through it because we got the mama mentality today. We do. We do have the Mamba mentality. Seriously, um, just thoughts, prayers, and condolences are going out to the Bryan family and all the families that were affected by that unbelievable tragedy that happened Sunday morning. All right, uh, we're not going to cover SmackDown because, you know, the rumble happened. There's no need to cover SmackDown. All right, the Bella Twins are pregnant as we kick off outside of the ring. Bree and Nikki Bella are about a week apart in pregnancy, so um, looks like Nikki and Artem are they're, they're really doing the damn thing. Congratulations! Congratulations to the Bella Twins. We're gonna have another uh, another little Daniel Bryan baby running around. What are your thoughts? It's it's beautiful, you know, life coming into this world, and you know, weeks like a week apart apparently that their due dates are. So that's that's cool. I can't wait for it all to play out on the latest episode of Total Bellas. And you can listen to my recap when it comes around on Under the Radar. Oh man, I might have to hop on that first episode. You know. I, uh, I I wasn't the biggest Total Bellas guy, but, you know, there, there's happy news. I, I, I might as well just hop on the bandwagon now, right? I might as well. All right. Uh, last weekend, there was Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestle and Rage Part Duh. And Part 3 will take place February 1st through 5th, 2021. Brandon, are we hopping on a Jericho cruise at sea? I mean, I would love to do it. It seems like a whole lot of fun. I don't exactly know if my finances would allow me to do so. But I always said, if they ever move over here to the West Coast and they ever did like a San Diego cruise, then I would be, I'd, I'd contemplate it. I'd maybe go. Well, you have a you have a year to save up big, you know what I mean? I do, but you know, there's other things that go on. That's, tr- that's true. We don't know what the future is going to hold. For you and I, come one year from today. Also, Andrade, he has been suspended uh, for violation of WWE's health and wellness policy. We don't know exactly what he was popped for, but uh, we're going to talk about the angle that was done on Raw so he can, quote-unquote, recover while he is um, dealing with the suspension. Uh, The decision was made. uh, Paul Heyman pushed for them to keep the United States Championship on Andrade. So, what's going on with our boy, El Idolo? It is an interesting situation. We've had multiple suspensions due to the wellness policy after we're not really having any for like a few years now. So now we have Robert Rudy and now Andrade. And I guess it is a good sign that Andrade wasn't 
the title wasn't taken off of him, so I guess that means he's still going to be in a prominent position for WrestleMania. As you said, we're going to talk about the ankle in a little bit, but you know, hopefully it wasn't anything too serious. We don't know what it is. So I'm, I'm hopeful that this won't derail his career because it could be a whole bunch of things. It could be recreational jugs. It could just be like a mishap of some protein powder that went awry. I don't know. It could be anything. Yeah, you know, people people could pop for anything. I mean, Roman got popped for Adderall a few years back, and mm, 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 mm. you know, we we don't we don't know yet. We we don't know yet. Also, Sean Mooney, former WWF announcer, backstage interviewer, he is moved to NWA Power. They're building up a nice little broadcast team over there. Yeah, it's Sean Mooney. Uh, you know, definitely going with that retro feel for NWA. I've definitely slipped on keeping up with NWA. I haven't really seen it since it's the beginning, but I've been hearing great things. And there's just so much stuff going on in the world of pro wrestling. So much stuff that I have to watch. That is, it has kind of fallen through the cracks, but uh, it, it is something I would recommend people to go out and find. If you know, the, today's wrestling isn't really your thing. Yeah, if you're a fan of that old school traditional wrestling, studio wrestling. That's the that's the spot to that's the spot to do it, man. Um, when I was at West Coast Pro a couple weeks ago, Zicky Dice was talking about when you walk in and how it's like just a legit TV studio and all that stuff, and it sounds it sounds like a really great time. I would love to go to a couple tapings and just experience that, getting like a little time machine, perhaps. You don't you never know. All right. Also, Cody versus Dustin is Pro Wrestling Illustrated's. Oh my God, Pro Wrestling Illustrated's. Match of the Year for 2019. It was voted Match of the Year on our BC Awards that we did uh, at the end of last year. And rightfully so, man. I mean, Cody and Dustin, double or nothing. Brandon, you and I were there. It was a spectacle. Everybody was on their feet. It was emotional. We, there were highs. There were... There weren't really lows, but, you know, there were, it was just emotional, you know? Got misty-eyed as these two uh, unbelievable performers paid tribute to their to their late great father. As we talked about in the BC Awards, this wasn't my pick for the match of the year, but I definitely can understand why somebody would pick this. I think I kind of just stayed away from the match because I didn't want to feel as though I was being a little too biased because I was there live and in person. But it was a phenomenal match, probably the best match I've ever seen live. And I've seen New Japan matches. I mean, I saw the Dragon Lee uh Oh my god, Takahashi match where they just flew all over the place and a man broke his neck and that match was incredible. But this was such a, a different type of match, but it worked on an emotional level, physical level, and everything in between. Yes, 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 yes. Alright, as we move on to inside of the ring, the phenomenal AJ Styles was injured in the Royal Rumble after the returning edge hit him with a spear. Uh, AJ's supercell caused him to land on his shoulder and separate it, as he confirmed on Mixer when he was playing uh, playing his video games. Uh, he hopes to be back before WrestleMania this year. Thoughts on the injury of the phenomenal one? It's definitely a shame that AJ is injured. It doesn't seem as though he's going to miss WrestleMania, hopefully, because the optimistic... Uh, estimations of him coming back is a little bit beforehand, so hopefully he'll be back. I speculated that, oh, Edge and AJ would be a really fun match to see, and maybe a Edge could stay around, but obviously they're going in a different direction with the Edge storyline. I don't know what that would what AJ will be doing, if it's going to be a six-man with the OC. We're, we're going to talk about the OC a little bit later, because I have some questions about what the hell happened with them, but, I mean, obviously some sad news. AJ might have taken a little bit of a step back this past year but 
still a phenomenal talent, one might say, and hopefully he gets uh, back and ready to go. Absolutely. Hopefully AJ does get back and ready to go. I love AJ Styles. The thought of him and Edge going at it would be just, it would be phenomenal. It would be amazing. I I would love to see that. Uh, All right, uh, this day in wrestling, we're moving kind of quick here on the BC. I like this. WCW Worldwide 1998, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, yeah. He defeated Ultimo Dragon. Uh, 2001, on this day, we have China's If They Only Knew, her book that was released. Uh, We have a SmackDown on this day. In 2001, Kurt Angle defeats Hunter Hearst Helmsley and The Rock to retain the WWF Championship. Alberto Del Rio wins the 2011 Royal Rumble. That was the 40-man Royal Rumble that WWE decided to do. Surprise entrance consisted of a Booker T or a uh, Big Daddy Cool, Kevin Nash, Diesel. Uh, Samoa Joe made his WWE debut, main roster debut, on this day in 2017 on Monday Night Raw. Also, uh, happy birthday to Drake Maverick. He is 37 years old, and happy birthday to the man, Becky Lynch, Raw Women's Champion. She's 33. Give me that Becky. Yep, give you that Becky. Anything else to say about the this day in WWE or wrestling in general? Not really, but the Royal Rumble 2011, I went over to my friend's house to watch it. I This was back in my hiatus day, so I wasn't really watching it, and I wasn't really paying attention, but I went back, and this Royal Rumble is kind of what got me back into it. I think CM Punk had a few spots in there, and I kind of fell in love with him. And I just kind of stuck around and watched it, and then I came back for WrestleMania 27, or, yeah, 27, and the rest is history. Now I'm here. Congratulations, buddy. It's a, it's a great ride to be on. It really is. Um, all right. Uh, Jack of all trades. Fan mail time. Fan mail time. I've seen a lot in my 30 years watching wrestling, but Edge's return was one of one that would truly last a lifetime for me. Welcome back to one of the my favorite heels of all time, and Orton attacking him was excellent. Randy is an SOB, and that Mania match will be epic. Uh, kind of a spoiler alert. We'll get to that. Um, we'll get to the whole Orton thing once we talk about Raw. But just reiterate for those who didn't listen to our Royal Rumble recap: thoughts on Edge's return to the ring. Well, if you haven't listened to it, you definitely should go back and listen to it after this podcast, of course. But it was definitely an emotional moment, huge pop. And I didn't talk about this on the recap, but like, how in the hell did Kevin Dunn miss the spot of Edge hitting a spear as soon as he gets into the ring? Because he cut to a crowd shot while Edge was in the middle of the ring. That was just botchamania, like the worst thing I've like ever seen in terms of directing. Usually I don't really care too much about cutaways and the the directing part of wrestling, but that was just that was atrocious. Yeah, I, it's it's Kevin Dunn, bro. What I, I forget that he even works for that place, man. Seriously. It's up there when AJ Styles came back or debuted and they had the fa- the camera on Roman Reigns instead of on the stage. Yeah, it's it's it is up there with that. I'm like, why am I looking at Roman? And then AJ comes out and I mark out pretty hard. And I don't I don't know what's going on there. Maybe Kevin Dunn should just be fired. You know, I I have some TV experience. Maybe your boy should get hired. We'll uh, we'll fix all of those all those qualms and mishaps. All right. I'll... As soon as Vince leaves, Kevin Dunn leaves. So there you go. Ah, okay. Alfie Lewis. This is for Brandon. Favorite Kobe moment and game. 
well, you know, since I am the sports guy. Uh, to be honest, I was never like a huge Kobe guy because I'm, you know, I kind of hated him to be honest because I'm more of a Dwayne Wade fan. But uh, going back, my favorite Kobe moment would probably be his last one because I watched it and I kind of rushed back home from school and I was like, damn, Kobe's going off. And I even watched it back on Monday because they aired it on ESPN. And it's even just crazy because he had like 45 points with like two minutes left in the fourth quarter. And you know he's scoring 60, so it's like, geez, he scores that many points that late in the quarter and it's just insane. He wins the game. And one that I didn't even really know about, my favorite Kobe moment maybe of all time probably would be in his career as he goes back and forth with Dwayne Wade in a game, I don't even know what year it is. It's you know before the LeBron era, but after the Shaq era, so somewhere in the late 2000s. He hits a game-winner, three-pointer, top of the key, and he drains it at the buzzer. Amazing. That's my wallpaper right now because the Miami Heat posted up on the Instagram. Okay, okay. I feel it, I feel it. Uh... Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not a fan of basketball, I'm not a sports guy, but I understand the talent that Kobe Bryant was and uh, res- respect him dearly. Uh, oh, we have another, another Kobe one. This is from Robert Walker. With the, un- with the unfortunate tragic death of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and the others killed in that accident, it got me thinking about the way the world reacts to, to a celebrity's death. Is there a specific wrestling death that took you so off guard you didn't believe it was real? Mine was Owen Hart. Um, Eddie. Yeah, I guess I guess that's the one. You know, I'd started watching wrestling what a year prior, caught the last year of his life and career, and it's didn't you didn't believe it. And then of course, what happened with Benoit, and I th- I think those are the two that you're just like what, you know. I would probably agree with you saying that Eddie was a shocker and I was a little younger at the time. So, you know, I don't really understand the whole scope of everything. So that's probably the one that comes to mind as well. Another one. Yes, I know he didn't die, but Ric Flair was damn close to dying. And that one also kind of hit me a little bit as well. And then also Jim the Anvil Nightheart because he was the first person, the first wrestler that I really met that happened to pass away. Yeah, I mean the Rick, the Ric Flair thing like that that was scary, and then uh, I think Dusty and uh, Roddy Piper those in 2015. You're like, oh man, they're gonna be on a, a Legends episode of Raw, and then you know, no, you know, it's it's crazy. China, there we go. That one hit me. I'm like, what? And like she just wanted to go into the Hall of Fame, you know? Like it's yeah, it, a, a couple of them hit you, you know. Luckily, we haven't had too many wrestler deaths lately. Yes, thank, thank God, thank God. The early 2000s was just a plethora of those. All right, uh, graphic designer for the BC in Brightest Day X. Random thought here. Is WWE trying to compete with New Japan by having the Rumble in baseball stadiums the way that Russell Kingdom is held at the Tokyo Dome, or am I overthink- or am I uh, thinking too far outside the box? Uh, I don't know that you are, man. You know, I mean, it's it's a different feel. It's a different aesthetic. And I like it. I like it being in a baseball stadium. Maybe they go to, was it Oracle Park we have out here? Don't know. You know, you never know. But, uh, it was, uh, it's, I don't don't think it's like that. I don't think it's that at all. Yeah, I don't think it's a direct, you know, opposition to the Tokyo Dome. I think the baseball stadium, you know, 30, 40,000 seat capacity is just kind of a happy medium. They've done the Alamo Dome a few times in the past. So the Royal Rumble has 
done big stadium s shows, but I just think a baseball stadium and the Royal Rumble in general, I think maybe we could see it with SummerSlam where it's kind of that happy medium where it's not a WrestleMania, so they're not going to sell out 70,000 people, but it's the Royal Rumble. A lot of people want to go there and experience. And for, I mean, except for the uh, Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin match where they walked around the entire place and went on the dugout, you, you couldn't really tell the difference. I mean, yes, you kind of knew that it was like a stadium feel, but you couldn't really tell that it was a baseball stadium. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was a great point. Uh, he also writes... <laughs> On this day, I see clearly everything has come to life, bitter place and broken dream, and we'll leave it all, leave it all behind. That's how I feel about Edge's return. <laughs> oh, I, I feel the same way, man. I feel the same way. It's on the, uh, it's on the gym playlist. I will, I will tell you that. All right, I guess with that, oh, 17 minutes in, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a little quickie episode today, huh? A little, a little quickie. No hooty who. I'm ashamed, especially since we got a Hootie Who reference on AEW this week. Really? We did? Wow. You, did, you didn't hear that, did, did you, Philip? I, I did not. It was in the opening segment when the Inner Circle brought out the the Puerto Ricans and they said Hootie Who. Okay, okay. I mean, I, 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 we're talking about Monday Night Raw right now. We're talking about Monday Night Raw. All right. Drew McIntyre chooses his opponent. He chooses the beast, Brock Lesnar. Uh, and then he goes on to squash the OC, the original, the only club that matters. It's consisting of Anderson and Gallows. And then the beast comes down and lays him out with an F5. Thoughts on Drew picking the beast and thoughts on what's going to happen at WrestleMania 36 in Tampa Bay. The promo, the opening segment that that was good. I definitely think that Drew is clicking as a babyface. I think he's getting over well with the crowd. Then the match, I don't know what the hell is going on with the OC. Like it feels as though they gave him their notice and they're going to be out leaving for New Japan in a few weeks. Maybe it's because AJ is injured, so they know they're going to be gone as well for a month or two, so we can afford to quote-unquote bury them like this and they can always come back and rehabilitate their characters and then brock comes out lays them out probably not gonna see brock for a few weeks or a few months as well so kind of planting that seed uh, i'm excited with drew i mean I'm, i know last week i picked alistair black because i kind of like alistair a little bit more than drew but even since drew came back with the company i was always high on him and what he could do because of the stuff he did in impact and around in the indie scene so i'm glad that drew's finally getting this opportunity uh, yeah, I am as well. You know, reports are going around that uh, Vince, Vince and uh, what Paul Heyman fought about was going to be the main event of WrestleMania. And, you know, they, they decided to go with Drew. And then if you watch the bump, you could see the uh, footage of Vince congratulating Drew after he wins the Rumble. And Vince is like, it's go time. It's go time, pal. You know? So that's that, that's really interesting. But, yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly happy for Drew, too. You know, I was a fan of him as the chosen one that he... The three and B, I, I was like, oh man, he fell off. But he left WWE, got fired, went off, had a career renaissance on the Indies, WCPW, Impact, came back as the Scottish Terminator badass, won the NXT title, came on the main roster, was kind of floating here and there, but he kept getting built up and didn't really do much. But now he won the Royal Rumble, he's in the main event of WrestleMania, and he could possibly dethrone the Beast for the title of record, and that's very exciting. 
All right, now we're going to move on to Randy Orton and Edge's attack. So Edge makes his return to Monday Night Raw as an active competitor for the first time since 2011 when he gave his retirement speech. I just watched that before we recorded. Anyway, that's that's something you need to go back and watch. You just you feel all the emotions. But yeah, it was just it was awesome to see Edge finally back. You know, he discusses he got another neck surgery and he busted his ass to get back at 46 years old. He looks like he's in the best shape of his life. And he talks about, hey, I, I know this isn't going to last forever. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I want you to come on this ride with me. And it's awesome. Randy Orton comes out there. He says, hey, how about a rated RKO reunion? Edge smiles. He gets dropped with an RKO, smacked in the back with a chair, and then a concerto to Edge. And he looked dead. Edge looked dead. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a gruesome, hardcore spot that we don't really see in WWE, and I uh, enjoyed it a whole hell of a lot. I think Edge, his connection whoa, with whoa, the crowd... Whoa, whoa. You, you enjoyed a Randy Orton segment? What? See, Philip, I'm not against, you know, giving praise or giving credit where credit is due. Like, if Randy Orton or Charlotte Flair do something good, I will t- tell them. I'm gonna call a spade a spade. Okay, I see you. Too bad for me, Matt Riddle and Kenny Omega don't do anything good. Well, I mean, he wasn't very good in the Royal Rumble. But anyways, the angle itself, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I don't, 60, well, they were 69 days on Monday away from Royal Rumble or from WrestleMania. So that's nice. Uh, this allows Edge to step away for a little bit. Hopefully this means he's not going to waste his comeback at Blood Money 5. He can come back at whatever the March or Whatever pay-per-view in between now and WrestleMania is, and we can get the proper build with him and Orton. And yeah, I mean, even I really liked how Beth Phoenix sold it on NXT last night. You know, she had real, sounded like real emotion in her voice, and uh, they're definitely putting this over strong. And hopefully, Edge and Andrade definitely are going to be selling their attacks for the uh, next coming weeks. Yes. Well, then I'm going to get into Edge again. Uh, apparently, his deal is, you know, $3 million per year. It's not a three-year deal with 25 TV appearances per per year and about five matches. And the Royal Rumble doesn't count, like, five one-on-one or whatever matches it may be for that year. Uh, that's exciting, man. So Edge is going to be used sparingly. He's going to be used for a specific program, and he can go away, come back for a specific program. Um, do, do you think they put the title on him, though? Within this three years, do you think Edge becomes the 12-time World Heavyweight Champion? I mean, I'm not against it. Edge is kind of like, I would say, a B-level act coming back in terms of, you know, if Rock and Stone Cold and Cena are like, A, I think Edge is kind of that next step down. But I think there is some, uh, obviously there's a connection with the crowd and he's definitely getting over. And 25 appearances per year, I mean, that's half the year. So that's kind of, it might not seem like a lot, but when you kind of go, I mean, that's hell of a lot more than what Brock Lesnar's doing. So, I mean, I, he could, but I just kind of thought is this maybe is like a one-off and he just, as he said, going out on his own terms and maybe he doesn't want to push it too much and come back and be a semi-wrestler. But if he wants to come back and he connects and they give him a run, why the hell not? I'm not opposed to an Edge run. I loved Edge. One of my favorites. Best spear of all time. I had this discussion with somebody last night. Best spear of all time. 
Uh, yeah, we move Goldberg's on. Goldberg's is better. No, it's not, dude. No, it's not. I'm a psychologist. I'm, I'm all about the psychology of the move. Get in the corner, pull your hair back, those beady eyes. You're like, come on, come on, come on. And then you just boom. And you just hit them. Great. I'm an animal. I just want someone to run through somebody and murder them. Look, when when I was a kid, I wasn't doing Goldberg Spears. I wasn't doing Batista Spears. I wasn't doing Rhino Gores. I sat in the corner by the couch. I pulled my my hair back when I had it. And I just speared him. I just speared him like Edge. Love Edge. Love him. Love him. I might have to go to WrestleMania this year, Brandon. I might have to. You want to come? Be fun. I mean, if it's free, sure, why not? <laughs> All right, uh, Rey Mysterio, he defeats Montel Vontavious Porter. MVP took to Instagram after that and said this is his final WWE match and that he has closed the chapter of the WWE career on his entire wrestling career. So, thoughts on Mysterio versus MVP and then thoughts on the WWE career of Montel Vontavious Porter. Uh, the match itself was honestly not very good. We've seen MVP at APW a few times, so I kind of knew what we're getting into. This wasn't going to be a showcase match by any means. And then him retiring or you know being done with WWE, I mean, good for him. He had a solid career, you know, IC title, US title level guy, and he probably was never going to be any more than that, but there's no shame in just being a lifetime mid-carder, and I thought he was pretty good at it. I mean, he has a memorable act. He had the inflatable walkway, which I was so mad that they didn't use it on either Raw or the Royal Rumble, but I digress. That is true. The inflatable uh, the little tent they used to run out of was dope. It was dope as hell. Uh, Montel Vontavious Porter, hell of a career. He was a baller, man. It's plain and simple. The Matt Hardy... Baller. Yeah, there you go. Big ball of shot color, you feels me? Uh, the Matt Hardy feud is probably what will define his career. I mean, it was great. It was really good stuff. Uh, yeah, he was a U.S. title level guy. First ever IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Come on, guys. Give this man his just due. He was a part of Black Dynamite in Japan with Shelton Benjamin. When he was Shelton X Benjamin. You know, just a lot of good stuff from MVP, former APW Universal Champion. You know, thank you for your time in WWE, and eventually your in-ring career will end entirely. You know, so see it, see it down the road, player. What else happens on Monday Night Raw? The Monday Night Messiah and his buddy successfully retain the Raw Tag Team Championships against Big KO and Samoa Joe. I mean, the match was all right. Samoa Joe getting the stinger, getting the concussion. Uh, on the suicide dive, definitely put a hamper on the match. I don't think this would have changed the f- match finish by any means. I assume that Seth and Buddy were going to still retain in the end, but it does give Kevin Owens an out. But hopefully, everything is good with Samoa Joe and he can be back and be in the ring in you know a few weeks. Absolutely, Joe's always getting injured, man. What's what's going on, man? Well, you know he's had a few matches and a. He, he ain't no spring chicken. He is not no spring chicken. That is, that is a fact. All right, the man, Becky Lynch, discusses her victory over Oscar and how she's beaten everybody. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, man. She didn't beat Ronda one-on-one, so that's still there. And the Shayna feud that you're talking about, that's there. So, what are your thoughts on your girl? 
I thought this was a good promo. Wasn't the best promo in the world. I do think she might be, you know, spinning her tires right now because she's just holding out until whatever she does for WrestleMania because we're like two months away. So I assume this opens the door for a Shayna Baszler return or angle of some sorts. The reports are that it seems though our predictions were correct that Charlotte will face Rhea for the NXT title. Not sure if that's going to be a takeover or WrestleMania, which opens the door for whatever Bailey or Becky does. And Shayna Baszler is right there for the taking. She wasn't at NXT last night. No real mention of Shayna Baszler. So my, uh, I still think she should have won the Royal Rumble because with Shayna, it's either she should be in there and win it or she just shouldn't have been there at all. But I'm still excited for this match, if it happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that, that would be that would be fire. Becky versus Shayna. Shayna maybe trying to avenge the loss of her uh, her good buddy, her her comrade. All right. Uh, Charlotte Flair defeats Oscar via DQ after an insane elbow was hit on her while she's in the figure eight position by Kyrie Zane. Uh, yeah, I have to notice that after our Royal Rumble recap, we talked about it and then reports are flying around. Brandon, we uh, we predicted this. You know, we we got the we got the world talking about it. Yeah, we we might get some things wrong. We might just blabber and talk about edging, but when it comes straight down to it, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, I forgot about the edging. Would you edge for edge? Like Million Dollar Man said, everyone has a price. Okay. Thoughts on the Oscar-Charlotte match before the DQ? Once again, I keep talking about why should I care about Charlotte? What is she? She's just a flair. She's the queen. And Charlotte, she kind of came across heelish once again because she promised that she was going to announce who she was going to face after her win at the Royal Rumble. Then she says, I don't have to tell you guys anything. So that would assume that she was a heel. But she goes up against Asuka, who's been consistently a heel, and then Charlotte wrestles in the babyface role in the match, so I just don't know what I'm supposed to think at this point. And if she does go up against Rhea Ripley, I would assume that means she's going to be a, a heel in that situation, depending on how they build it, if it's just going to be a mat or if it's going to be built in NXT, then I definitely think Charlotte will be over as a heel. But once again, I, I don't know what to make of Charlotte. Uh, you have to make all the things of Charlotte. You have to make all the things of her. And you should care about Charlotte. Why her last name is Flair? That's the only reason you need to care about her. You know? I'm just saying. If I don't this, have to if, do anything. If this were 1998, I'd care about David Flair. Why? Because his last name is Flair. That's just how it is. You would have put the title on him. <laughs> hey. Better him than Russo, bro. Yeah. I said that. All right, uh, Liv, Love, Laugh. Liv Morgan defeats Lana. It was a match that happened. As we say, as, thank God nobody got hurt. That's all we can ask for. A big zipper sound effect on that. Uh, the United States Championship, Humberto Carrillo defeats Andrade via disqualification. As Selena gets involved, he pulls back the, uh, the padding on the floor and hammerlock DDTs Andrade onto the uh, concrete, so Andrade will be recovering uh, big air quotes on that for the next 30 days I'm, I'm glad that they're going to actually do a, a severe angle maybe even two of them where the attack will be 
sold for a long period of time. Andrade, we know, will be sold. Edge, don't know as much, but uh, I didn't exactly know how to feel about this because I honestly kind of forgot about Andrade doing this to Humberto, and I thought that, oh, he's just giving him retaliation because that's what he was doing to Ray last week, but no, that's what he did to Humberto. And, you know, Vince might be right. If no, if he doesn't remember it, then no one remembers it. That's a possibility, man. I mean, but then again, like there, there were stories, long-term stories told, and connections made in these in the Royal Rumble this past week, man. So maybe, 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 maybe he does remember it all. Like Glamorella, like that that connection was made in the Women's Royal Rumble, stuff like that, you know. Shotzi and Shayna. Shotzi and Shayna. You see? Stuff stuff like that. Stuff like that. Also, uh, Aleister Black defeats Kenneth Johnson. Kenneth sold the ish out of that Black Mass. It was a match that had happened, and now Aleister Black is going to pick a fight with people instead of waiting for people to f- pick a fight with him. Don't know exactly what that means. Maybe he's just going to kick someone in the face, and that's going to be the new feud. So thank God we're getting something besides Aleister Black squash matches. I mean, he's doing a good job. But I think it's time to move on. I do think it is time to move on. Time to because uh, he was he was a he was an honorable favorite in the pick for him to win the Royal Rumble, and he, that that didn't happen. So you know, get him get him in the. Uh, I think he'd be nice to dethrone Andrade. They have a past, and they have a connection with Selena. So I think that'd be that'd be very interesting once Andrade makes his uh, return. Makes his return because what. Yeah, Alistair defeated Andrade for the NXT title, so it all makes sense. It would all make sense, but I would assume that Humberto has first dibs on that. I don't give a damn about Humberto. You know what? He's he's falling into the category of Eric Rowan and uh, No Way Jose. Don't give a damn about him. Get them off my TV screens. They can go work at McDonald's, mopping floors, emptying grease traps, and handing out little Big Macs and stuff. I, I don't need to see them. I really don't. Anyways, Philip, I gotta bring this up. This not on the script. You didn't. Ta- you're not gonna talk about Riddick Moss debuting on WWE Raw. Big, big news. He's the offensive lineman for the 24/7 champion, Mojo Rawley. I don't care. Me neither. Let's move on. Absolutely. AEW Dynamite. Moxley. He makes. His 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 way down through the people like it's the shield days. Patch on his eye. He talks about how he hates bullies. How he realized it got real with Chris Jericho in the inner circle when Jericho stabbed him in the eye, and then Jericho comes out there and Jericho's still doing the best work of his career possibly. You know he talks about how with Moxley with the one eye patch he looks like a cracked out Captain Jack Sparrow. You know so it's it, it's it's getting interesting. You know. Can Moxley defeat Le Champion at Revolution? Quite possibly. It might happen. I did like this promo by Moxley, him being in Ohio, his home state. It was kind of, you know, uh, white meat babyface-ish where he's like, oh, I don't like bullies and all that stuff. But I do think that it's nice. That's what a babyface should be. A, a babyface should be like, you know, I don't like mean people. I'm going to stand up to them. And I got all these people behind me, which it was a little crazy, but that's John Moxley. He's a little crazy, and then the five-on-one, ten-on-one beatdown, and in the end, John Moxley sort of stands tall and gets away unscathed. Overall, 
thought it was a good segment. Hootie who. Absolutely, that's for you, Hootie. Maybe you'll uh, hit us up next week. Uh, moving on from that, the Young Bucks defeat the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny was there. Big sound effect for her. Uh, so what are, what are what are our thoughts on the Bucks defeating those guys, and then Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page having a hold my beer moment with that buckshot lariat to the Blade, and Kenny Omega hitting a V trigger on the Butcher. I think the Bucks should beat the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, I mean, Butcher and Blade, they're good talent, but I think the Bucks definitely need to be rehabilitated because they just haven't been in that top-tier mix. They haven't been champions yet, even though I think they should be. And the whole dynamic between Mock or not Moxley, Hangman, uh, Omega, and the Bucks and the entire Elite crew has been interesting. I like the promo they did backstage. I've really been enjoying what they've been doing with Paige. As we kind of t- have been talking about, I thought this was leading to a, a heel turn, but I think this is going to work in the opposite direction where this is just going to get Hangman, I think, over as a babyface more than he's ever been. I, I, I do think that as well. You know, he was uh, he was gaining a lot of momentum going into that uh, match with Jericho at All Out last year. But um, he, he did kind of fall off, and hopefully, you know, hopefully he, he can get back to that spot. I would like to see Hangman Page as the... AEW heavyweight champion, but you know, in order for that to happen, Jericho has to lose it, and I don't think I'm ready for Jericho to lose that championship. I don't know who the right person is to take the title off of Jericho. I would say Cody, but they have the whole stipulation where he can't challenge for it, so I think the right move is eventually Cody faces MJF for the title, and that means MJF would have to get the title, so you get a baby face with it, and I don't know exactly how you get there, but I think John Moxley might be the right choice. Maybe he wins a revolution. Maybe he wins at double or nothing, two or whatever they're going to call it. But I, th- I think, you know, there's a lot of people on the roster that you can go with. But I think Jericho, Moxley are, the, are a good fit right now for the, the title situation. Because they, they're clearly the top two stars. They are. They are. I think I would have Jericho drop it at a double or nothing, two or whatever the uh, Memorial Day weekend pay-per-views are going to be. It's where they started. It just makes sense for them to have a big title change there. You know, they can figure out some kind of screwy finish for uh, for Mox to, to lose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Nyla Rose defeats Big Swole. Thoughts? Nobody got hurt, and that's all I can ask for. Philip, you're the big Nyla Rose fan. What did you think about this? It was good. Now the Rosa sit-up powerbomb looks very vicious. Uh, she should be the AEW Women's Champion because I bet she'd be on TV every week, unlike uh, whatever the hell her name is. Yeah. Her name is Riho. Yeah, eh. Don't don't really care. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't. Just don't. You know? I will talk about something that I did care about. Cody Rhodes, accompanied by the enforcer Arn Anderson, defeats Superbad Kip Sabian, who was accompanied by Penelope Ford. This match was good. Cody hits two crossroads after a Cody cutter to get the big victory over Chris, uh, not Chris, uh, Kip Sabian. And uh, yeah, Joey Janela was involved. Uh, Penelope Ford played dead. Arn Anderson got thrown out. It was all in good fun. Brandon? I thought this was a good, fun match. Yes, the spot where Penelope and Kip 
kissed uh, Joey. That was a little contrived. I didn't like that all too much, but the spots with Penelope and Arn Anderson, I thought those were good as well. Cody should have won this match. He did win this match. You know, Kip has been on the come up recently, but I think you want to build Cody strong going into that match with MJF, especially since he's probably going to be selling a lot and being dead for the next month with MJF and Wardlow. Absolutely. Wardlow and, uh, M- and not MJF, Cody Rhodes, they face off in a steel cage match next week. You don't want to miss that. Wardlow's in-ring debut for All Elite Wrestling. That's going to be good. All right, we have the inner circle consisting of Santana Ortiz and Le Champion. They go on to defeat Darby Allen and Private Party because they pop out at your party. Judas Effect, who I believe is Marcus Quinn, one, two, three, inner circle victorious over Private Party and Darby Allen. Brennan, thoughts on Jericho's faction reigning supreme over All Elite Wrestling? Jericho continues to get those wins, whether it be in singles or tag team competition. Uh, the match was was fine. Nothing really to complain about. And then the, the ending segment where they tease trying to hurt Darby and then Moxley makes a save. It was, it was all good. It was all in good fun. All in good fun. Uh, dun, 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 dun. What else is there? What else is there? Oh, last minute, last minute DM slide. Last minute DM slide. Are you ready for it? Stay ready so you don't gotta get ready. Alright, this is all oh, this is from my buddy Juan, my new coworker. Yay. Uh Drew's winning the Royal Rumble. Is is it going to go anywhere or just a dead end storyline? Hmm. Well, Brandon. Is it gonna go anywhere? Is he gonna win the title? Well, because he won the Royal Rumble, I would assume that means he faces somebody. And I think he already made his pick that he's going to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. So I think this is going to go somewhere. I, I think he means, is he going to win the title or is he just going to lose and that's the that's it? They just move on to something else. Well, if he this match is in the main event, as all the reports are speculating, if it's going to be him and Brock or The Fiend and Roman, if he is in, in the main event... I think he wins. If he's not, then there is speculation that maybe he won't. But as of this moment, I think he's been getting over very well with the crowd, and it's only a matter of time for the next two months that he's going to get even more over. And I think you you pull the trigger. I think Brock has saved up enough equity that he can take a loss here. And who knows what what else Brock can do. I really think Brock is good as a babyface. I would love to see him play that role, but I think they've gone so much in the other direction of burying him and saying how much he hates the company and hates us and whatever. I really don't care. I think Brock could be a great babyface, so I think at this moment, Drew is winning the title. I do too. Early WrestleMania predictions. Uh, Hootie Who did hit us up. Hootie Who. Hootie Who. Guys, with Jericho being Le Champion, uh, could he possibly top this if he decides to go in another character direction? Painmaker, Le Champion, Suit and Tie, List, all of these incarnations of him, Ayatollah of Rock and Roll, a Y2J, Millennial Man, do you think that Chris Jericho could possibly top what he's doing right now? Oh, Jesus. Um, You know, he like, like Jim Ross said, he's the reverend of reinvention. You know, if he could top this, then that's even more GOAT status for Chris Jericho. Brandon, do you, do you think that Y2J could top what he's doing in his current state? 
Honestly, I don't think so. I think he ha- is coming to the end of his career. I don't know how long he has in him, how long he wants to wrestle. But I think as a pro wrestler, I think this is probably going to be maybe his last gasp and the best that he'll be. Maybe moving forward, he can be a manager or some type of on-screen figure. Either it be you know a GM or you know a whatever figurehead type or a manager. So I think Jericho's wrestling days as a everyday pro wrestler are numbered. Yes, he could switch it up and be something else, but I just think just him being the everyday talent and doing the good work he's doing right now, it's going to be very hard to top it. It, it is, it is. Uh, if, if I ever get the chance to interview Jericho, I want to know, like, was there ever an idea that you that you tried to get over and it didn't work, so you scrapped it right away, or have you ever had any ideas and you just like, no, nah, that's not going to work? Because, you know, everything that the guy's done has worked. It has. It just has. That's interesting. All right, uh, Britt Baker cuts a very, very nice promo on Dynamite. Kind of just buries Jim Ross, saying that he needs to learn the roster's names. She tells, uh, where were they at? Cle- were they at Cleveland, Columbus? Cleveland. Cleveland. She says you this can have for you. Uh, she says you can have a Baker. You can be proud of. Don't get the reference. And uh, yeah. Well, Philip, there's this team in Cleveland called the Cleveland Browns. Historically, they have not been very good. Good. In fact, they've been atrocious for the past. I don't know. Forever. Didn't they lose? It's the Cleveland Browns. Wasn't like last season they lost like all their games or something, right? It was more than last. It was a few years ago, Philip. But anyways, they have this quarterback. He's okay. Heisman Trophy winner, so he should be really good. A little undersized. His name is Baker Mayfield. So get it? Baker. Her name's Britt Baker. I get it. I get it. You know, Heisman Trophy winner. You know, he's, he's not like my boy Trent Richardson. How's Trent doing? Is he good? Is he still good? What's he doing now? I don't think he's in the league anymore. Jesus. You know, I met Trent Richardson once. Really nice guy. Really cool cat. Uh, But yeah, what are your thoughts on Britt Baker overall with this promo? I enjoyed this promo a whole hell of a lot. I thought it was a lot better than last week's. I I think I might have been in the minority. I think a lot of people liked this promo. I didn't like it. I thought it was really awkward and just kind of clunky. I thought this was much better. She felt much more comfortable in her role, and she just came across as, you know, that just bitchy heel, because apparently we can cuss now, right, Philip? Too late. I already I, did I, it. Yeah, I, I had plans to send this off to the radio station. Oh, well. Anyways, I really enjoyed the promo. I think she's been getting over very well. And I know in the ranking, she might be, you know, in maybe five or I don't even know how many women they even have on the roster. But I think her right now being built up as a heel going up against Riho, I think uh, that could be a hot match going into Revolution. Uh, That's a possibility, you know. I would would love to see it, you know. Do do you think she can – do you think she's charismatic? Well, I thought that at the beginning that I would have picked her and be the top babyface woman of the division and one of the top people in the company. And she just hasn't really gotten across that well. I mean, I think her character work has always been good. The wrestling is, I think, what's lacking, and that's what kind of drags her down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you can be a, a great character, you can kind of hide the wrestling, you know? But 
she's not like that super over the top charismatic like Becky Lynch or Sasha Banks. I mean, you look at the women's roster in WWE or NXT, they just have so much talent, so much depth. I talked about this a little bit under the radar, Philip. The Tony Storm was not very good, to be honest, at World's Collide. She's been losing. She's kind of lost steam. I don't know what her contract status is. I'm just kind of freeballing it here. What would you think of putting Tony Storm in the AEW Women's Division? Um, mm, that's a, that, that's an interesting one. She would be the the best in ring by far. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know, man. That's I, I I'm really gonna have to think on that one. That'll be my homework, and I'll get back to you next week. All right. All right. And then another question. Your your bro, Matt Riddle. He was not very good in the Royal Rumble. He did win the Dusty Cup, spoiler alert. But, you know, maybe there is some behind-the-scenes shenanigans that people might not like him, might not want to push him. I think it is a good sign that he won the Dusty Cup. Would you advise Matt Riddle to go to AEW? Because maybe the main roster won't be the best fit for him. Uh, are you calling WWE uptight? Are you calling AEW lax? Is that what it is? Oh, uh, look, the the men's division and all the wrestling is not the problem. I mean, they have they they have a, they have a lot of talent. I mean, the Big Hurt he hasn't even wrestled yet. You know, I mean, sure you could throw Frank Ma- Thomas, Jake Hager, Jesus, oh Jesus, Jesus. Well, you said the Big Hurt. I know that's that's the only Big Hurt I know. You know. Um, I mean, the AEW men's division is not the problem. That that's not the problem at all. I mean, could you you could throw Matt Riddle there, and I, it would be interesting. It'd be I think it'd be hilarious. You know, Chris Jericho's cutting a promo, and then Matt Riddle's like, bro, bro, bro. Jericho could have fun with that, or even MJF could have fun with that. But uh, I mean, Paul Heyman, he's he's a uh, he's the head of Raw right now, and I think I think Paul Heyman has something something in the works for the original bro, Matt Riddle. I mean, he has done good things with the stoner before. Yeah, apparently that guy went on to become a WWE champion. So, Matt Riddle, you hang on tight, buddy. All right, last up on AEW Dynamite, SCU! Uh, They defeat the Hybrid 2, and they all wear Kobe Bryant jerseys, paying tribute to the late, great Black Mamba. Uh, what 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 are your thoughts on SCU defeating the Hybrid 2? They did it for Kobe. They did. They did do it for Kobe. They did. And they did it. They, oh, awesome. they continue with this Dark Order stuff, which I... Oh my, they I don't, are I don't, teasing I some it. leader I don't, I don't or whatever. I don't want to talk about it. It's going to be Brody Lee. We all know this. I don't want to talk about it. Or Matt Hardy? I Matt Hardy, don't ruin your career with this. Please don't. Please don't. But then again, he could come there and it could be amazing. And I could love cults. I want to join one. Don't know. Um, but look, I, for, for the for, until anything good happens with that, I don't want to talk about these cults. We could talk about the butcher, the blade, and the bunny because they have a bunny. No nightmare collective. That's that's a win in my book on this episode of Dynamite. All right, Brandon. Super- I, I would like to to recommend they have this little skit that they have on YouTube. I think it's on AEW's website or YouTube channel that they did a skit where Brandy is in a therapy session. It's only like two three minutes, but I quite enjoyed it. That should maybe care a little bit about the Nightmare Collective. No, no, no. Can we go back to the days when she was just managing Cody and it was great? You know, or she she tried to have a little like, like a little indie run. We could we could do something like that. I mean, we, we don't need to 
Straight Edge Society 2.0, Charles Manson cult-like vibes. I don't need any of that on my on my Dynamite Wrestling. I don't. All right, Brandon, Superstar Spotlight. Who do you got? Who do you got? Who do you got? Hmm. Very tough question because there's just so much stuff in the world of pro wrestling going on right now. If I were to pick one, I will pick... I don't know. Just give it to Drew McIntyre. Why the hell not? He's had a fantastic week. You will. You you will give it to Drew McIntyre. All right, and I will give it to the Viper Randy Orton. Why? Because of the heinous attack he gave to Edge after Edge is giving this unretirement speech, and the concerto to the head was like, okay, now Edge is really this is real. He's really back. Like he's going to be really wrestling, and this this is the first the the first step to to uh, letting us all know that that this is real. And I, I I enjoyed it. I really did. Great work from Randy Orton. Brought me back to that 09 sadistic twisted bastard, Randall Keith Orton. I loved all of that. Brandon, what is our promo pick of the week? Well, our promo pick is from New Japan. Yes, we don't really do New Japan promos all that often because, let's be honest, they're in Japanese or they're not very good. So, we got the villain showing up in Raleigh, North Carolina as New Japan is on their New Beginnings U.S. tour. And the villain, Marty Skrull, shows up and challenges Switchblade Jay White to the Supercard of Honor show WrestleMania weekend. And... Smarty Squirrel is everywhere. He's at NWA. He's an ROH. And he said 2020, you're going to see a lot more of the villain in New Japan. So very exciting to see what Marty Squirrel does in 2020. Marty Squirrel is trying to become the uh, the journeyman, the journeyman wrestler. Possibly he could become the NWA World's Champion. We don't know. We don't know. I would love to see Marty win that title, actually. I think it would look really good on him. And plus, it would be a nice change of pace. Because, uh, I mean, all, all this is fine, you know, but the dealer versus the villain. Let the villain get one over on him. You know, the, the dealer won at uh, the Crockett Cup. Seven, uh, not, it wasn't the 70th anniversary, but the Crockett Cup. Was it last year? Yeah, so I think that'd be good to see. All right, our closing match pick of the week. Edge defends the World Heavyweight Championship against Dolph Ziggler on this day. See what I did there? In 2011, the 2011 Royal Rumble. Uh, Edge was forbidden to use the spear at this point. Vicky Guerrero was managing Dolph Ziggler. This is when she was GM of SmackDown. And yeah... Edge, you know, the referee was down. He laid off a spear. One, two, three. Edge retained the World Heavyweight Championship. Brandon, what are your thoughts? Good match. I mean, it's Edge and Dolph Ziggler. You probably know what you can expect from it. Dolph Ziggler going to bump his ass off for Edge. And, you know, it is a good thing to go back in the archives on the WWE Network and watch some Edge stuff. Watch some, some memories of your boy. So, there you go. Yes, it is. Go watch the live sex celebration. It's great. One of the best things I've ever seen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, follow us on Twitter at BullockCast, Instagram, the BullockCast, YouTube channel, the BullockCast, email is BullockCast2, as in the number two suite, SWET at gmail.com. Uh, maybe we'll be back on 99.9 FM KDIP in Watsonville every Friday night, 9 to 10 p.m. Probably not this week. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Actually, no, we're no longer on SoundCloud. We have been removed from that platform. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Patreon. We're all over the damn place. Making it happen. Uh, Brandon, another another episode of the BC. What is this, episode 156? What, what are we naming this one? I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll think of something. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, go check out the Kelly Kelly interview I did, Royal Rumble recap, Under the Radar, 
Go check out all that stuff. Two confirmed interviews for the future. We are doing those in March. You boys are doing something. The goal for this year, 20 interviews in 2020. Last year we did 14. I'm trying to up the ante. You know what? We are not just going to achieve this goal. We are going to crush it. Knock it out of the park. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the BC. This has been Brandon and Philip. We will talk to you next time. No matter how hard I fall, I'll get back up on my Red alerts, this is gonna f- This has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.